This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, I'm Hariyato Diman. And I'm Olivia Kuei. Welcome to The Straits Times' Big Story podcast, where we analyse key issues with our journalists and guest experts. Now, Hariyanta, I know this was decades ago, but perhaps you would remember the process of applying for secondary schools in your PSLE year? Yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> well, there's a new scoring system for this year's Primary 6 cohort and the Education Ministry has released the entry scores for the 139 secondary schools here. The new scoring system assesses each pupil on their individual performance in the four subjects regardless of how their peers perform. Well, let's recap. Now, each pupil will be given achievement level scores from 1 to 8 for English, Mother Tongue, Math and Science instead of grades like A star to E in the previous scoring system. So let's say one pupil scores 90 marks and another scores 99 marks both will still get an AL1 for that subject. A pupil's total PSLE score will then be the sum of the achievement level scores for all four subjects. For instance, if you score AL1 for every single subject, you have the best possible total score of four. Conversely, the maximum score you can get is 32 if you score AL8 for all your four subjects. So like the O-level scoring system, the lower your PSLE score, the better your result. Based on the entry scores released today, now if you're applying to my secondary school, <laughs> High Singh Catholic School, you must score within 10 to 16 for Express, 21 to 24 for Normal Academic, and 25 to 28 for Normal Technical. And for my alma mater, CHIJ Secondary, the entry scores are different for affiliated and non-affiliated pupils, as you can see here. So how should parents use the data to pick the right secondary school for their kids? Well, senior education correspondent Sandra Davy joins us now. So Sandra, how can parents use the entry uh, scores that were released earlier today as a guide? Okay, um, there's quite a bit of information that they need to look through and I, I know some parents will, be, will feel quite overwhelmed and perhaps even more anxious. Uh, but here are some takeaways uh, for them and how to use all this information and data. Um, so for one, uh, they should realise that all these cut-off scores, entry scores are based on last year's 2020 cohorts results and the choices they made of secondary schools. So yes, it's a good guide of the kind of entry scores uh, that will apply to the schools this year as well, but it varies year on year depending on how the cohort as a whole does in the PSLE and the schools that they choose as their first choice or the sixth choice. So Parents shouldn't see this as being cast in stone, uh, but rather the cutoff uh, point, which is the last student to enter the school, um, may vary uh, year on year. And, uh, but MOE has already said that the, it may vary by only up to one achievement level. So let's take a school that has an achievement level of say four to nine. So this year it may vary, uh, 4 to 8 or 4 to 10, for example. Yeah, so they should expect that. But it's still a pretty good guide. So uh, that's one. Um, the other thing is that 
uh, when the new scoring system was released, a lot of parents uh, got very anxious and said, oh, so now if you want to get into a top school like RI or RGS, you need to achieve this perfect score of four. Well, the simulated data actually shows that it's a broader range of scores. You know, you don't need that perfect, perfect score of four. It actually ranges from four to six, even for the most competitive schools such as RI and Raffles Girls School. Which means, yeah. sorry, you, which means you can get, let's talk about like RI, right? The four yeah. to six range. Mm. Right. So that means you can get the uh, a three, a three points, or like three no, one points. Uh, like, you know, yeah. for three subjects, you can score one point and let's say, you know, your weakest, shall we say, subject, you are given a bit more leeway to, you know, I guess right. perform a little less well. In Get the, a two mm. or, yeah. You can still yes. stand a chance to take yes. to RI, right? So, achievement level one applies to those who get 90 marks and above. So, in a way, it's achieving uh, the intention of changing the scoring system because you don't have to chase the last mark. You don't need to get 100 upon 100, or even 95 upon 100. If you get 90, you still get A1, all right? And even if you don't get 90, you get 85, you get an A2, and you still can you know, enter a school like RI or RGS. You know? So in that sense, it's good. Uh, uh, it has its intended effect, which is uh, to discourage pupils from chasing the last mark and to spend a bit more time doing other things that will develop uh, their soft skills, which are becoming a lot more important, really. So, Sandra, I just want to be clear on this, because, okay, taking the RI example again as right. well. So, cut-off point, four to six. Yeah. That's only a three-point range. Doesn't seem that wide. Yeah, doesn't seem that wide. But, you know, here you are saying that, no, actually, more pupils can yeah. qualify. Yes, so uh, a lot more pupils are likely to get uh, this uh, achievement score of between four and six, right? Uh, so more of them stand a chance of getting into RI, right? But having said that, all right, if, if more students can achieve the score of four to six, then the number of places available in RI every year, it means that you will have now uh, more students tying for a place. Yeah, oversubscription. Yes, right. definitely. Definite amount of space, but a lot more people. Mm. Right. So right. So when that happens, Sandra, yeah. what, what are the mm. protocols in place? Okay, so um, the first thing that will count is your citizenship, whether you're a Singapore citizen, a PR, or a foreign national. Next will be your choice of school, right? So if you put RI as your first choice compared to another student with the same score as you, also a Singapore citizen, you, if the other student puts it down as his second choice, then you will have priority because you indicated RI as your first choice. So in the event if, let's say, Singaporean gets priority, and then yeah. if I choose, okay, I, I chose, uh, say, for example, RI as my first choice, I get priority. Mm. What happens if all this is the same for two pupils? Then what happens is that you'll be subject to computerized balloting, which is used for joint admissions exercise, for example, for O-level school leavers, right? So basically, this 
uh, is taken uh, is done in uh, MOE HQ and it's computerized, so it will randomly pick uh, some students to get the place, and others, you know, won't get the place. Yeah. Okay. So. We know there's a lot of data, a lot of information to digest. And you mentioned also that this could actually result in parents becoming a bit more anxious, actually. So what is your advice to them, you know, on picking the right school for their children and not, say, you know, the top school in terms of entry points? Right. Yeah, you're right, Olivia. I always emphasise that parents should really think about picking the best school for their child, mm. not the best school in terms of... Uh, the, the results, right, that they produce, uh, that their students produce. Uh, and by the best school, I really mean that uh, best fit in terms of the school ethos, the school culture. Um, you know, no point picking a top school like RI or RGS or any of the top performing schools for your child if your child doesn't do so well in a, you know, in a comp competitive kind of school environment. Some, some kids do well you know, uh, in such an environment, but there are many others who don't do so well and who actually flourish in a less competitive environment you know, where they're not faced with so much stress and anxiety you know, over uh, performing in tests and exams and projects and so on. So, um, you know, my, my uh, advice to parents is always pick the best school for your child. You know, look at your child, reflect on what your child's strengths are, what your child's interests are. Do they do well in a competitive environment? Some kids do, but others wilt, you know, uh, when they are faced with such an environment. So, um, that will... CCAs are very important, you know. School's got interesting CCAs these days and increasingly around the world, not just in Singapore, everyone recognises the fact that CCAs develop all these very important uh, soft skills in kids, you know, like grit, like determination, you know, uh, being able to overcome failing, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, we've all been going through the pandemic, we all know how important is uh, resilience, you know, and to be able to pick ourselves up and get, you know, going again. So. You know, parents should really take into consideration these things before picking a school. Right. I mean, education is multifaceted, right? It's Absolutely. not just uh, the academic side. Right. Of it. yeah, it's also exactly. like what you said, soft skills, mm. resilience, character it becoming building so and important well. Because, you know, yeah. the world is changing at a breakneck speed. Yeah, definitely. Well, good advice there, Sandra. Thank, Thank you, you so much for helping us. And of course, our parents are watching us as well, making make sense uh, of this mm. uh, data that we've got uh, today. Yep. And uh, we've been speaking with Sandra Davy, Senior Education Correspondent at the that was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.